0: This is episode 111 of A.A. Beyond Belief, the podcast. Today, we'll meet Lena R. from the We Agnostics Group in North Bay, Ontario, Lena's group recently won the unanimous approval from her district to add the secular category by her meeting listing on the area website. It's an interesting story, and I think it's one worthy of preserving for history. So without further ado, Lena R. from the we Agnostics Group, North Bay, Ontario. How you doing, Lena?
1: Oh, I'm fabulous, thank you. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. I think you have an interesting and useful story about how you and your group worked with your district in the area to overcome some obstacles that you were originally facing with having the secular designation listed on your meeting directory. And I thought it would be nice to preserve this story for the sake of history, but also to help others who might be facing similar situations. So would you like to talk about that today?
1: Oh, certainly. (laughs) Let's
0: start by talking about you. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself and about your first AA meeting, and you know what was going on in your life at the time? And
1: sure, sure, yeah. Um, well, so I started uh, basically my problem with alcohol and drugs um, started in Toronto, um, and you know things were were really going off the rails for me. But I always knew that I was not even considering AA because of the the God stuff. Um, but it just so happened that. Uh, one time I was having a conversation with somebody and they had heard of Secular AA in Toronto. And as soon as I heard that, my mindset changed from like, oh, I guess I'll just keep keep going down the rabbit hole of drinking to, okay, maybe there's some some hope for me here. Um, so I searched up online and in Toronto at the time, this is about maybe four or five years ago, there was a, a very healthy selection of secular meetings there. There's about, I think, six or seven a week so, you know, it took me a while to get to my first one, but eventually I did. I went to the Tuesday night group at uh, St. and Avenue and needless to say, my first meeting was uh, a bit of an emotional mess. I think it is for a lot of us, but you know, I just, I remember leaving the meeting with like the, my 24 hour chip in my hand and just feeling like, oh, there's a, there's a chance for me here. You know, I was really grasping to something. Uh, unfortunately, you know, that wasn't, um, it wasn't all uphill from there. I still had a couple more relapses to go through. And it's really hard to, for it was hard for me to make it in Toronto, because I didn't have family, you know, all the people I was staying with, uh, was like, you know, me, like people I was in toxic relationships with, for example. And I it was really hard to make ends meet. So I just had so much to worry about. So after struggling for probably about a year there in Toronto, going to meetings, you know, learning about the program, but still struggling. I decided to move to North Bay because that's where my mom is. So I had the opportunity to, to not work for a while, just go to rehab and just focus on myself. So there's a lot of privilege in that sense of, of, for me in getting sober. Um, But anyway, so.
0: I think that's interesting that, um, you would not go to AA um, if there if it weren't for a secular meeting?
1: Yes, absolutely. Oh, I'm just, I'm really hard-headed. <laughs> and, you know, and I know what I believe. I, I've been an atheist all my life. Um, so I was so glad that was available to me.
0: Well, I find the same thing in our group. I, I would say now, I'd say over half of the people that, that go to meetings at our group haven't even been to a, a, a meeting with prayers and so forth. They, they wouldn't even go to AA had it if they didn't have this opportunity. So mm-hmm. that's that's kinda interesting.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: How did your group We Agnostics get started in North Bay? Did you play a part in that or was it already um going when you when you arrived in North Bay?
1: Yeah, so when I came back to North Bay, unfortunately there was only traditional meetings. So that was my first uh my first rodeo <laughs> with the traditional meetings. Um because, you know, I wanted to go. I wanted to find my people in North Bay. And so I was probably attending those for about a year. But of course, I did encounter lots of problems with that. Like, you know, the worst for me was constantly being pulled aside after the meetings and being like, oh, can I talk to you? And they'd tell me about God and be like, I was an atheist when I came into the program, too. (laughs) But eventually, I had pretty much had enough. I I also had some other negative experiences in the program. uh, And I just thought it was time for me to carry the message as I had received it. So, Starting it up, like just, you know, the logistics of getting a meeting space and all that stuff was basically done just by me. Um, Finding a location was interesting because obviously we didn't want to have it in a church. (laughs) And uh, in North Bay, you know, your options are kind of more limited than in Toronto, I would say. We actually had one united church that was willing to host us. But thankfully, we were actually able to get to, I guess, enter into an agreement or whatever with an art gallery. So we started meeting, yeah, at the Whitewater Gallery um, for free. They're very generous. <laughs> and um, yeah, and so that's, uh, I started that meeting, I think, about two years ago. And thankfully, very quickly, you know, we picked up a couple of key players who do service for the group. And yeah, so now we have a happy a happy little group two years later.
0: <laughs> well, that's great. And um, at your group, you, you read a um, secular version of the steps like they do in toronto
1: yes exactly
0: are they steps that your group created for your for themselves or is it did you adapt the toronto steps
1: um we got them off of i think i can never remember the name of the site but i think the website's AA beyond belief unless i'm just um channeling your podcast right now <laughs> but, um,
0: probably got it from aa Agnostica. they have uh the, oh, yes we link to that them from awesome. AA beyond belief yeah
1: Right. Yeah. So I, I just uh, took the steps right off of there. And I'm pretty sure that's the same one that they use on the Tuesday night group in Toronto.
0: So I guess when you did that, did you have any, when you started your group and you were using these alternative steps, did you have any pushback at all from the traditional AA people, the district, the area?
1: Um, I mean, people definitely were not thrilled about our existence. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was mostly in the beginning, more of just like a a passive aggressive thing. Uh, because, you know, they couldn't stop us from forming the group. Um, the real controversy started coming along when we started asking for things. Um, <laughs> like when we first asked to be listed on the meeting cards, we didn't have much of a discussion about it at the time. But they were, there was very suspicious delays in getting us listed on the <laughs> meeting cards. They had, you know, printed like two new batches of meeting cards. And they'd be like, oh, sorry, we forgot. <laughs> um But anyway, that was still pretty much fine. But it wasn't until recently when I emailed the area website and asked them if they would list us with a secular category on their website. You know, they have categories for like an LGBTQ meeting and stuff like that, so I thought it was more than appropriate. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, then they were like, oh, well, we're going to have to talk about that at the area meeting. And it became this whole thing because I sent that request uh, on May seventh of twenty eighteen, so there was a lot of delays with it, and then they they sent, you know, they said district would have to like gain more information and stuff like that. And ultimately, what ended up happening a couple months ago was then they started questioning our use of the step. Like they came into uh, to our business meeting, apparently to information gather about why we would ever want this this category. And uh, at the same time, they start they started saying like, "Well, you know, how did that human rights complaint go in Toronto? Like, we need more information. We don't really know if you if you can use alternative steps." So we definitely interpreted that almost like a threat. Like, if you would have kept quiet, we would have let you have your steps. Uh, but that's what we got for being rabble rousers.
0: And uh, so, and your your area is it's not the same area as as Toronto's in. Is that right?
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Okay. Because I was wondering, so you were probably the only um, secular group at your in your area.
1: Yeah, so we're in Area 84, which encompasses uh, North Bay, Sudbury, and surrounding area. Mm-hmm. And yeah, as far as I know, this is the first time that it has come up at uh, at that level.
0: Okay, you know, it's really interesting. This is a, this is something that I haven't actually broached with our area or district or even our intergroup. They all list meetings here. Um, at one time we asked our we asked our central office if they would put a you know agnostic atheist at the time a designation for our group and they said, oh this isn't a good time, but why don't you come back and ask us later And it seems like there's never really been a, a great time and we haven't really been pushing it that hard um, and I have not yet asked our area to do that, but one of our meetings is called the Secular AA Speaker meeting and uh, they list it that way. So I don't think they have a problem with the word secular. but what kind of obstacles were you were you given um, you know when you were asking for that designation and they weren't wanting to do that?
1: Oh, oh I, I'd love to get into this because yeah, they had a lot of <laughs> a lot of arguments that I just thought were so silly. Um, You know, among them, uh, you know, they were suggesting that people might not understand the word secular, which to me is totally irrelevant um, because it doesn't, you know, change the significance of the word. And as the secular AA community becomes uh, not more popular, but more known and exists more, you know, more and more people are going to understand the word. And of course, somebody who's an agnostic or atheist is more likely to know the word secular or they can Google it. Or we have dictionaries. Right. Like, there's solutions. Um, yeah. And another thing, too, was um, they had this one guy came to our meeting, and he was like, have you heard of the Washingtonians? And I hadn't. <laughs> and I was really frustrated because he kind of used it as an opportunity to make me look like I didn't know enough about AA. <laughs> but anyway, I started looking into it. And you know the Washingtonians, you know, they like advocated for the abolition of slavery and prohibition <laughs> uh, alongside their uh, work with alcoholism. And as far as I understand, I think that they did great work as well. But yeah. uh, to compare this situation to the Washingtonians and to say that we're going to be doomed is to me completely ridiculous, yeah, and um and then, you know, another thing that came up, well, there's two more. The first thing is, um, but they were concerned that the like the use of this category would be divisive, and I just kept hammering home the point that like this isn't what makes AA divisive. Like traditional AA is already divisive, and that's why these secular groups keep popping up. And, um, and yeah, and then the final argument was that people could guess we were secular based on the name, which I think is completely unfair because unless you're familiar with the Big Book, you know, like we use we agnostics
0: mm-hmm. just
1: to tie into the Big Book, and because I think it's like a traditional secular AA name, I guess. But, um, but you know, like unless you're familiar with the big book, you're not going to know. Like no. we have another group in our area called came to believe. And why would, and I used to think maybe that was a secular group. Like, how do we know this, this difference? And the onus shouldn't be on us and every group that follows to make it obvious. And they're like two word titles. Right.
0: That's right. We, we shouldn't have to, we shouldn't really have to have to do that. And the we agnostics name doesn't necessarily mean it's secular because, um, there was one guy who came to our group, and he thought it was um, just a group that was excited about the chapter We Agnostics. <laughs> and then um, I actually was at a uh, the Florida State Convention once, and they had a um, seminar or whatever, a meeting called We Agnostics. And I thought, oh, oh this is really interesting. This is going to be a secular meeting. And I went there, and no, it was all about the chapter We Agnostics and how great it was. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so it doesn't necessarily the the name but I think that I think that probably when when groups started calling themselves we agnostics it was kind of a code word to let people know it was a, a non-religious meeting mm-hmm. but what I find funny about the word secular and what i what I think that people would object to is, that it would imply that their meetings are not secular. But, you know, that never, right. seems, to, never seems to bother them. It's like they, they admit, yeah, we're not. <laughs> we're not yeah, secular absolutely. at all. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Well, even in the human rights complaint in Toronto, you know, how they, you know, the, um, the Greater Toronto Area Intergroup did essentially try to argue that they were a religious organization. So there's obviously elements of that, even if, you know, some AAs want to try and deny it.
0: So you did this at both the district level and the area level?
1: Oh, um, so basically, this is this is technically still happening at the district level, okay. and they're going to bring it to area,
0: okay. um,
1: but to me, I consider it pretty much a done deal because mm-hmm. um, after all this happened, I wanted to make a presentation to district, and I decided I was just going to be, you know, I'm going to stop trying to, you know, dance around the issue here. I'm going to directly say, hey, here's all the things that you're doing that are wrong. Here's why it feels like bullying to us. And if you really support our existence as a group, you would support this modest motion. So I did that. And thankfully, the two people who were originally sent to our group to kind of, I guess, like get in the ring with us and, and present counter arguments, um, actually changed their minds. And the thing that was most remarkable is that there is, you know, one man in particular who was in the service structure, and I think people have respect for him, and you know, part of it is like dare I say it, you know, white male privilege as well. Um, But he turned around and he said, you know, I've thought about it. I was totally wrong. Like, I'm sorry. And we should support this. Yeah. And then the whole room flipped. Um, So then we decided to vote on a motion that the district was going to support our request at the area Mm -hmm. level. Um, So everybody voted yes on that, except for one person who abstained. And... uh, Yeah. And also somebody in the room put up their hand last minute and was like, do you also want to be uh, have a secular category on the district meeting cards, which wasn't even Mm -hmm. something we had asked for. Um, So that passed as well. But I feel pretty confident that when they bring this to the next area meeting and they're all, you know, in support of it, I Mm -hmm. feel like they're going to they're going to pass it.
0: I bet so. Now, do you do you attend area assemblies? yourself?
1: I haven't yet. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking I should maybe go to the next one. But yeah, sounds like a real bore.
0: (laughs) It kind (laughs) of is. To a certain extent, it is. It's like, um, I I, I, kind of jokingly say it's kind of like being at war, because it's like they they always describe war as being long periods of boredom broken up with um, short periods of excitement or action or whatever. And that's (laughs) kind of that's kind of what it's like, because you know, you'll spend like all day long um, you know, in some and boring committees. You know, talking about minutia and so forth. But then all of a sudden, there's something that's really exciting that happens. You know, like you know, getting your <laughs> getting your designation on the meeting list or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> <You know? laughs>
1: yeah, absolutely. And I definitely think that uh, they might have a bit more participation just to witness the drama of our secular group. Right,
0: right. And it is actually kind of um, what I I guess what I like about it. I I'm I'm totally bored by all the the um committee meetings for sure. But I do kind of like the little conversations I have with people between the the meetings and so forth. And, you know, you do have that opportunity to kinda educate people about what your meeting's about and so forth. And 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 for me, I don't attend regular meetings. So it's my only exposure to the thinking that is going on out there with people from traditional groups. Cause I'll be talking to them about like our literature or what I think about it. And they get like They can't believe I just said that something like that, (laughs) you know, it's like, and it helps me realize that, you know, really why we do need our groups, because um, if I didn't have the opportunity to talk about my recovery with other people like me, and and I had to somehow either fit in with or go against the grain all the time, um, I just couldn't do it.
1: Absolutely. And it's so funny to see like how weirdly revolutionary it is just to, to stand up and be like, I'm an atheist and I'm sober. <laughs> it's like the whole room, a chill goes over the room.
0: <laughs> I know. It is kind of funny.
1: Yeah, because,
0: you know, I guess that people they buy into the book, they they think, okay, because everybody talks up the big book so much. But it's like not a it's not like a terrible book. But I think that the way that people, um, you know, put so much stock into it as as if it's all You know, we all have to follow it, you know, 100%. And I guess if they do that, they look at the chapter of the agnostics and they think that obviously an atheist or an agnostic, even the 12 and 12, you know, we have to change, you know, if we're going to be sober. And um, we've actually proven them wrong. That's not the case.
1: Yeah. And, you know, like that's, that's a big problem for me in terms of like my own, I have my own internal struggles when it comes to accepting the beliefs of other people, because if you believe something and it helps you stay sober and it's not hurting anyone, like, great. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, in a way, believing in, you know, like, Christianity or things like that can go hand in hand with um, seeing the big book as, in a way, you know, being from the mouth of God, in a sense, like God spoke through Bill W., and then we don't have the opportunity to question the things that they said in the original text. To me, the the idea that they didn't get anything wrong on the first go-around is ridiculous. But unfortunately, we still have to battle within the framework of what Bill W. said and what Dr. Bob said. And, you know, thank heaven. So there is this quote from the General Service Conference, uh, the third one, where Bill W. said something about how uh, groups that use alternate steps are still groups. Because otherwise, we would just have to convince people that what they wrote was not gospel. And it's just, to me, it's it's silly and it's unfair.
0: Yeah, I read that in uh, the letter that you wrote. I think you wrote it for your district um, yes. when you were trying to con- convince them to go ahead and, and accept this idea. And you, you mentioned that quote from Bill W. And I thought that was really a well-written letter. And I thought your arguments were presented really intelligently and in a way that um, it would be really difficult for someone to say no, you know, uh, because... You you did tell the truth. I mean, Bill W. and even Dr. Bob, they were not as strict about the big book even as uh, the people are today. You know, and, and a lot of people kind of forget that they even wrote in that book that we only know a little bit, you know, we're going to know more later on, you know, and, yeah. and people, people kind of forget that. And they, they tend to, for whatever reason, think that it has to be just this way um, as, as it was in that book. Yes. But it doesn't.
1: <laughs> yeah, I um, remember reading in the book called um, Don't Tell. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's published by by Roger C. Don't call that's me right. on that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but anyway, somebody said in that book, um, you know, to say that traditional AA is, is the only thing that works is like saying that, you know, because penicillin was the first effective antibiotic, it's the only effective antibiotic, which right. is, you know, so silly. And I wish that we could like just open up our horizons I, I try to keep hammering the point home about our primary purpose to help the alcoholic that still suffers because ultimately people don't get drunk because there's a secular meeting listed on their meeting card. Like, it just doesn't happen.
0: Well, you know, there, there are other groups that have had problems like this um, and some some, um, some even more serious. Um, I know the there's a group in uh, Illinois, the Mini Paths group, where they their uh, district wouldn't list them on on their meeting directory because they were because their group was also listed on the secular AA website meeting directory. Um, oh, <laughs> yeah, and they're still trying to work that out. And then the free thinkers group in Denver, the Denver uh, central office won't list their meetings because um, I, they just don't like them. <laughs> they, they they said that they don't want a newcomer's first impression of AA to be the free thinkers group. So, oh my gosh, yeah.
1: I mean, all I can say on that is thank heavens that that work has been done in Toronto, because yeah. like without that, you know, we would all still just be scrounging in the dark, but I think we can all, we can all reference that. And, you know, I don't know if anybody's tried to do this, but I would think if you just emailed um, New York, um, AA World Services mm-hmm. directly and said, hey, we're having a problem just like the people in Toronto had, um, can you tell our area that they need to list us,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, i think feel like there's a chance that would work i don't know i haven't
0: tried i think it it would i think it would more now um after the lawsuit in toronto um because before that the position of uh, the general service office was basically they weren't going to intervene in uh, a local central office's decision because that central office isn't really part of the general service structure and that all that the general service office does is share their experience or whatever But I think now, because of that lawsuit, I think that they would be more likely to say, oh, yeah, you know, you should list them. I mean, that's our experience for sure, is to list list those groups. Besides that, the General Service Office is now listing Secular AA as a um, special international contact, along with the uh, International Conference of Young People in AA. Uh, gays and lesbians in AA um, and other special interest groups. So that might help as well. So that if anyone really wants to see, are we a legitimate special interest group, they can just check it out, you know?
1: Yeah, that's fantastic. And I can only hope that like, you know, when we had this whole, this whole battle come up in a way, it was actually really exciting for me. Like it was the opportunity we were waiting for, because this is, you know, if we hadn't had this battle about getting our, our category, We wouldn't have been having these discussions. And ultimately, now we've convinced a room full of people that, you know, we're a real AA meeting. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so, like, yeah, I mean, in a way, it's good that all these fights are happening now because at least we have everything on our side. You know, we have quotes from Bill W., and we have the human rights complaint, and we have, you know, just logic and empathy, and just like so many reasons to do this. So for me, Maybe it's just because I enjoy being a mouthy activist, but I had a great time with this.
0: <laughs> and and it's and actually it's it's really good work that you're doing too, because it, it's going to help a lot of people. Um, you know, the the number of people that don't believe in God is just growing all the time. People, um, you know, when they go to a AA meeting and they're confronted with this whole idea that they have to change their belief system, you know, they would just rather say no, thank you. Um, so it's nice, you know, that you're you are letting people know that this meeting is secular. You know, you you can see it right here. It's like I got that designation, and also it's AA. So you f- do you feel like your group and you are part of AA, uh, just like any other group?
1: Oh, that's that is the perfect question. Um, I will say I definitely did not feel that way one iota until we had this district meeting where everybody turned around. I was so, like, divorced from the humanity of the people in that room just because it was such a constant struggle, just, like, we're constantly having to justify our own existence. And it got to the point where we had people from the service structure coming into our meeting, and, you know, like, they're allowed to be there, but they're being, you know, disrespectful jerks because they'll start trying to convince us about why they believe in God, and we know why they're there. Um, So... But, you know, I mean, there is really something to be said for the fact that they reconsidered, you know, what they were saying. They apologized to us. And, you know, just last week, I went to um, a traditional meeting for the first time in many, many, many months. And I felt pretty good about it. So I, I'm really glad this happened.
0: Well, good. Yeah. It's like these things, you know, there's there's always a silver lining in these things. And you know what it was it's a it's a really nice story because the people listened to you and they changed their minds. And then you had a unanimous vote at the at the end. And they, they basically they did the right thing. You know, I'm and I'm glad, too, that that you and your group um, have had the experience that, you know, you feel like you've kind of reconciled and feel like you're more part of AA now. Our group has not had anything like this. And. A lot of the people that go to our group have never been to another AA meeting and would not go to another AA meeting. And I sometimes think that they that they don't really feel like they are AA. They feel like there's something separate from uh, the rest of AA. Mm-hmm. And I wish that there. I wish that I could maybe. I wish I could do a better job of explaining to them how how this is a special interest group. We are AA, but I, I guess it's just because everybody everybody thinks that. You know, to be an AA meeting, you've got to have these steps, you've got to read this book, and, and that's just really not true. That's not true at all.
1: Yeah, and you know, I think like we, we do put a lot of, like, well, not we, traditional AA puts a lot of pressure on atheists and agnostics and freethinkers to, you know, do their mental gymnastics around the wording and around the books and just kind of accept that they do count. But it's, it's almost like all the evidence around you is to the contrary. So, you know, thankfully, there are secular AA groups and just people who think differently, who, you know, hopefully the more of them that there are, the more experiences are are shared, like in the grapevine as well. Um, hopefully, it'll we'll all start feeling a little bit more connected.
0: Yep. I've seen a, I've seen a lot of uh, change over just the last four or five years with, um, first of all, the grapevine book, I mean, the grapevine edition that came out where they had the stories from atheists and agnostics. And then you had the publication of the book for atheists mm-hmm. and agnostics, and then the God Word pamphlet. That and now Secular AA getting listed as a international contact for AA World Services. So that's 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 some big stuff. That's a lot of that's a lot of uh, that's a lot of change in just the last four or five years.
1: Oh, it's beautiful.
0: Yeah. And Prior to that, I, I've been I've been in the program for a long time, and I spent literally decades. Not really as a believer, but just trying to fit in with what everybody was saying, you know. And um, I got to where I couldn't do it anymore, especially when my, um, oh, my atheist, I, I, I just really came to accept I was an atheist and I felt very comfortable with it. And I was very comfortable with a secular interpretation of the program and my recovery. I felt like that's what I was doing all along anyway. So the the more that I accepted my own atheism, the more difficult it was. And really I couldn't any longer just, I couldn't just pretend to be anything else, you know?
1: Oh, absolutely. I, I actually um, wrote a, a letter to the grapevine a couple of years ago. And back then I was still calling myself an agnostic and they just publish it. And it's kind of funny to see, but you know, ultimately I know deep down in my heart that me saying, and don't get me wrong, I, uh, being agnostic is completely valid in and of itself. Sure. But for me, I knew it was just my way of compromising with AA to try and mold myself into their program. And ultimately, fully coming into my identity as an atheist has really strengthened my sobriety and just my quality of life.
0: So tell me about the letter to the grapevine.
1: Oh, um, so I wrote it right after the, the um, atheist and agnostic members of her um, issue of grapevine. So, and basically, I just... <laughs> I just told them, like, how thankful I was that they posted that and that I ordered, like, 12 copies of it, which I did. And yeah, I don't really know what prompted them to publish it this month. Uh, but, I mean, I'm glad that they did. And it was rather good timing because it happened right after this whole district debacle. And, you know, people have to contend with the fact that I'm a real member.
0: <laughs> so it's in this month's Grapevine?
1: Uh, yeah, the April issue. Yep.
0: Oh, cool. i have to check that out. Well, that's yep. neat.
1: Yeah, it is pretty neat. I'm excited about my my new fame.
0: <laughs> well, thank you, Lena. This is this is really has been a nice story, and I appreciate you taking the time to share it with us. Do you have any other thoughts that you want to you want to share before we
1: Um no, I just wanted to say thanks so much for for having this podcast. I've been binging it this whole last week and it's been <laughs> so useful to me. I love it so much.
0: Well, thank you. Thanks a lot. Um, you know, I, I was, uh, for a long time, I was like doing these every single week. And it seems like for the last few months, I have not been very consistent. And and I'm gonna try to get back into it because I do enjoy it. I just like these conversations. To me, this is like the best meeting that I have of the week. So but anyway, thank you for listening to those. I appreciate that.
1: Oh, of
0: course. Of course. Thank you so much. All right. Take
1: care. Okay. Bye.
0: And that concludes another episode of AA Beyond Belief. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I appreciate your support. We'll be back again real soon with another great podcast. Until then, you all take care. Be well. We'll talk again real soon.